Yo, this is Sammy Nin, host of My Summer Lair. Today's fun is chatting with Lisa and Leslie, two bubbly actors from Happy Birthday to Me, a charming Canadian horror movie released on May 15, 1981. Old school. Leslie played Bernadette, who was the first person killed in the movie. She barely survives the opening credits before her throat is slashed. Oh, snap. Lisa played Amelia, who survived the horror. Yes! Happy Birthday to Me was directed by J. Lee Thompson, who did Cape Fear, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, and Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Yo, that's fresh. The movie starred Melissa Sue Anderson, a.k.a. Mary Ingalls, Little House on the Prairie, in one of her attempts to prove she's no longer a little girl. She's all grown up. She In Happy Birthday to Me, she smokes weed. She made up with boys, plural, and even removed her shirt. Helpful if you have any desire to see what an 80s bra looks like. Melissa's having a birthday party, only when the kids refuse to come, she makes them come. You'll see. Wait for the happy birthday scene at the end. Gruesome. Some of the kills in the movie. A motorcycle wheel to the face. A weightlifting demise. The use of garden shears. Cutting edge movie. A beef skewer to the face. And the classic tub drowning. These punk kids clearly regretted not showing up to her birthday party. Leslie and Lisa will be two of the great guests at Horrorama, Toronto's only all-horror convention, November 4 and 5, 2017, 918 Bathurst Street. Go to HorrorramaCanada.com for all the scary details. All right, here's Leslie and Lisa. Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio in session. Are we on? Sh- are we on yeah. right now? Oh, we're I talking. Okay, good. Yeah, we're just having. When did we about. start? Uh, you said you wanted to talk about Harvey Weinstein, so I turned on the thing. Harvey Weinstein. Oh, you want. oh, awesome. Okay. Okay, so I'll say Harvey Weinstein again, but I won't because for me, we haven't had this kind of movement in oh, our generation. Awesome. Yeah. The, the generation that had the movement well, is you- when everybody burned their bras. Yeah, right. I mean, that's right. I well, that was still a little. I, I guess, yeah. I, but I, I was too young. But yeah. look, at Kevin Spacey today. I mean, it's like it's just like a domino effect. It's really it's incredible. It's really incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's a clean house. I mean, I realize now that I made the right decision by staying here and getting married and having kids because I never would have had a career anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I never, I miss all those years because I I was living in New York and I I was married and I was... And I had children, and I thought, well, I'll just give up my career. Leslie, Leslie, but you know, Leslie. I'm like, even I wouldn't have wearing, had a career. Even if you're wearing <laughs> the wedding band or the engagement ring, it doesn't, ch- or and you have kids, it doesn't change anything. I know, but I wasn't in that No matter how old you are, yeah. it doesn't change. Jesus. My mother's in her 80s, and she says it still happens. Mm. And it starts, as you know, very young. Yes, I do know that. Is there a difference between the American kind of system and the Canadian system? Like you were saying, you were living in New York, Leslie, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's the same. It's the same. I mean, you know, the personalities are bigger down there, obviously. Yeah, Yeah. the personalities are bigger. Um, We tend to be a little bit more reserved. But we have some big personalities here, too, that that throw their weight around and seem to think that because they're powerful and they can do anything. Yeah, but but, but. but here also, the stakes aren't as high. Yeah, Because down there, uh, you can be doing a network show and you're making a ton of money. And Mike Myers talks about this in his book about why – Oh, I can't. I'm having a uh, senior moment. The guy who SNL, Lord Michaels. Michaels. Yeah. How, how many syllables? <laughs> <laughs> and he said to him, and he talks about this in his book, is that the reason why people sell people down the river a lot more down there is because the stakes are so high. You're making so much money. Yeah. And everything is so tied together with the networks and the yeah. studios and everything else. And that's probably why down there people didn't come out like they did. And the Turned people that have eye. come out, mm-hmm. they don't have any stakes anymore. I mean, Angelina Jolie, 
she's not going to be blackballed. Neither yeah. is Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. And they, 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 they have enough money to fight these people legally, whereas other people don't. And But here I have been wondering why nobody has stepped up to the plate. Robin Cook, very established casting director on CBC, mm-hmm. came out on Facebook the other day and said, now why is it that no one... No Canadian actors have have come forward to talk about their harassment. Mm. She said, is everyone afraid? Because she said, I know I am uh, just writing this. And then mm. there was a flood of people with innuendos, but nobody's actually said the names. We all know who they are, mm-hmm. but nobody's actually. Because in this town, the, the pool is so small mm-hmm. that if one person says that, you know, they retaliate by you know, saying that you're difficult to work with, whereas difficult to work with really means that you wouldn't sleep with them. Mm. That's it for you. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's Be- like when somebody says your film is interesting, that's kind of code for it wasn't mm. that good or yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't like oh, it. There's, pretty much. Yeah. There's a lot of different kind of codes that the general yeah. public doesn't know. That's yeah. right. Like you've done it again. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 You've yeah. done it again. You've yeah. done it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other issue too, I want to, uh, since we're kind of on this topic, mm-hmm. is I'm curious about like, The whole thing now with the internet is now once you've kind of now associated yourself and you come forward, like you mentioned, Angelina Jolie, things like that. Now the internet connects you forever on that. Uh, mm-hmm. Like So now you kind of have this kind of like asterisk or like this little mark on your record. Mm-hmm. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like Because now it'll always kind of come up and always kind of be referenced. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's you. It, that, that's the thing. I mean, we everybody talks about it all the time. Thank God there was no internet when we were teenagers. Right, right, right. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, it's there yeah. forever. It's there yeah. forever. But I think like again, like Lisa said, Angelina Jolie is, is, in, a, is in a market and in a, at a level where you know, it's not going to harm her in any way. Like, like really her career for speaking out because she is a very established and you know it's actually gonna it, the PR helps her yeah and and she's an untouchable really right because of her stature but somebody with lesser you know not that's still trying to make their way and mm-hmm. you know it, it, it's 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 dicier because you know yeah you you're gonna be difficult to work with you know and then that's that's it for you pretty much and you you ladies have obviously been working uh since the late 70s early 80s so have you seen kind of that shift change uh across like because mm-hmm. i mean the What attitude mean the shift like the attitudes towards women towards uh sex sexual harassment sexism it's just those, changing now it yeah seems like it's just well now. it's going to change like, with this wave yeah. and we haven't had this kind of revolution yeah. in my generation yeah uh since women burned their bras and i was too young then so i find this very very exciting yeah. on one yeah. level because it's like the burning the bras but also it's time yeah it's time and, and it's not just women it's 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 you know it, act, it, male actors yeah too, yeah disabled affected. people right. seniors in in these homes uh autistic people mm-hmm. uh mentally ill you name it and it's just it's just rampant yeah But nobody wants to believe it, and that's why you don't say anything, and also you feel like it's your fault. And what I also think up here, why everybody's sort of afraid, and I've been afraid too, to say anything, is because it wasn't very encouraging that John Giameshi did not get charged, that he he won his his suit. So that was not very encouraging to step up to the plate and and out anyone. And I think that's, I think the next part where, what you're talking about with the bra burning revolution now, where it's got to change, which is that, the laws or somehow the court system has to change because that's mm-hmm. probably where it starts to fall apart. Outing these people is kind of good first step and it's like, yes. this guy's a perv, this guy's whatever. 
is a good first step, but then the repercussions need to then kind of the consequences, the repercussions, yeah. the actions need to follow through. Exactly, and the unions need to step up. You need to yeah. have people in place in the unions that you can go to and say, "Look, this happened to me," and they're going to be there to protect you, not like, "Oh, well, just you know, just go do your job." And yeah, there, there should be rules that like, you yeah. just just like right now, you never have a procedure done with a man, you know, a gynecologist, unless the nurse comes into the room with you. There should be no auditions where you're by yourself. We yeah. should just start that. And maybe we can also have a and credit at the end of films of all, that no actors were, were harassed word. on this film. Code word. Audition in a hotel room. I mean, no. You're I mean, only- I've done those. Believe me, I've done those. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a bad incident happen to me, not by the person I thought was going to happen to me, which was the director in the hotel room, but by somebody who I asked to come along and be my uh, guardian. And then later that ended in a bad Situation. Really? And, and you, you know, know there's so. this, I don't know about in Canada, but unfortunately in the United States, there's a 10 year statute of limitations. So it was very hard to find anybody with Bill Cosby where the statute of limitations had not expired. And I'd heard about Bill Cosby 10 years beforehand. I mean, I don't know what I'm allowed to tell about the story I heard, but it's, it was an, it was an affirmation that there's all these people, mm. wranglers around them that are protecting them. So yeah, and, and also every time it does happen to you where somebody says, do you want to come out to my ho- hotel room? You think to yourself, okay, this is a crossroads. Mm-hmm. And I, I made this decision early on that, the only thing I had in control of my life is my integrity. I had no control over the success of my films or the only thing right. was my integrity. So there you are and you're thinking, gee, I wonder other people have got, gone up to his hotel room. And when you don't get cast after you say no, and that other person who's more established than you is more of a star than you does, you think to yourself, did that person do it? Mm-hmm. Did they do it? Or was I just being asked and that star always had the role. It's the same thing a little bit like with racism. Sometimes you'll get passed over promotion. Mm-hmm. And yes, maybe exactly. the white person who did get promoted, maybe they were better, they put more hours in or the natural things. It's always hard to know because you'll right. never like... And no one's going to admit to it. That, right, oh, I, there was down to three people and I went with the, the white person. I didn't want to go with the brown person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Nobody's ever going to say it. And it's, it's pretty hard too because I just had a situation. My attorney said, well, you know, we can go down that road, you know, of human rights because that's the issue with harassment. But he said it's really hard to prove and it's going to cost this much. Mm. And really, I decided not to go down the road. Because I've got a 16-year-old son, and I don't want him to be dragged with me. And I think mm-hmm. if maybe if I were a single woman with no kids, I would do that. But Leslie's a mom, too. And yeah. you start making decisions, even Based about the kind kids. of roles that you do, yeah. once you have a kid. Yeah, Is the time a factor as well? Because now you have to put your time and energy into this case. Exactly. And, yeah. Right? I mean, it sounds kind of cold when I say this out loud, but it's like you almost have to cho- make a choice between doing this or working. Yeah. Yeah. And it almost Beha- makes... Between having a child and working. Yeah. yeah. Right, And I'm glad I chose to be the good mom. I mean, I thought before I had my son that the day after I had him, I was going to go back to work. Yeah. And because I didn't believe in this hormonal thing. And really, when I had him, I thought, wait, I'm going to hire someone to raise my son. I made that decision too, where I was going to not do that. I was going to be a stay at home mom. And I did. I was the best production of my life. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) And when I'm on my deathbed, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to be crying about that, crying out about that great film I did. I'm going to be crying out for the people that meant something to me, meaning my son and my Mm -hmm. friends and my mom. Yeah. 
But doesn't having and a Leslie sh- Donaldson? Hey, and Lisa Langlois. <laughs> there we go. That's a great introduction <laughs> hey, now. Hey. Yeah. Uh, but doesn't having a son though kind of then that gives you an opportunity then to pass on or trying to fix make things a little bit more right? I guess. Oh. Right. Oh, you, whether you hopefully. have a son or a daughter. Yeah, I have two boys as well, yeah. and it's very important that they are aware on how of how to treat women and people in general you know it's it, and, and thankfully their father is an amazing dad too so mm-hmm. we're both on board with that for yeah. sure i think that's part of the problem too is just especially as you kind of like get into your late teens early 20s you have a hard time kind of talking some dudes yeah. have a hard time talking to women and yes. they don't quite know what to say or what to do well and- it is hard it's awkward for, you know on, on both sides really mm-hmm. um it's part of growing up. It's part of learning how to socialize with each other. It but doesn't help with the media and some of the songs. No, the songs and the media. And what it's they been have, going what on. they have access to on their on their phones and on the internet. I mean, they just have so much more access to things than what Lisa and I had when we were that young teenagers in early twenties. We didn't have. I didn't have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. I, I had a rotary phone. <laughs> to go into my bedroom. And, Re- remember, yeah. <laughs> remember when landlines were called phones? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. also the the men of our generation and the women too. We were giving the wrong signals too when mm-hmm. we would watch films like Gone with the Wind where Clark Gable grabs her and starts kissing her and she's struggling and then she gives in and we saw that in On the Waterfront and over and over you would see and so men have been trained especially yeah. that generation that no 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 just impose myself on them over, and they'll eventually yeah. give in because they'll they'll see how great I am and it's yeah. been the wrong message, the wrong commercial. Yeah. It's a hard balance, right? Between being like strong and like what you're saying is like imposing. Yeah. You obviously don't want like a weak dude either, right? So it's no, like a yeah. weird and dudes have a hard time. <laughs> I know. I, I, no, it's dude. not weak. It's not weak. I, I, what I want in a man is somebody who has a high EQ, emotional quotient, who's not afraid yeah. to be vulnerable and share his feelings. I don't want a KD, which is a knuckle dragger. I mean, <laughs> you know, we, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> We've known a few. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, in in personal lives and in professional. <laughs> and, and speaking of things that are on the internet forever, you know, there's sometimes you end up doing these films because, for example, I'd be in the states when I first got down there, and I didn't have my green cards. So I own. I, I could only get a work permit to act. So, what do you do in that three years between? Mm. And so, you end up taking parts that you wouldn't normally take. And they're on the internet forever. Yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah, nobody erases IMDb. Oh. No, and, and my oh, son, God. his friends Google my name, and then these films that have now ironically turned into cult movies, which are films I buried. But now nobody cares about Cloture Roll and John Houston, Hal Ashby. They no. they, they care they about Deadly the, Eyes, man. They care. They, <laughs> they care the about the, the 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 dogs, the Dashens dressed up in as yeah. rats. Tell us about that. Yeah, of course, that's what they want. Well, okay, I'm going to say it. One of the dogs. I don't know where the SPCA was, and I don't. There was maybe no credit at the end saying no animals were harmed on this shoot, yeah. but one of the dogs died of a heart attack because they were inside a suit. Yeah, well, they're so like, flipped out. Can you so, imagine? Can, yeah. yeah. And, and, and all the only way that they could move was that they couldn't see. So they had to smell with the, with, the, food. with bl- bloody meat. Oh, yeah. So they would all be kind of going like that towards where the meat was. I'm like that. All, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. You know, some <laughs> good beef, steak, tartare, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, fresh ground hamburgers, <laughs> yeah. you know, meat. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like that. Yeah. You know, We're getting into the dirt part yeah. of the interview now, yeah. right? We're right. Getting... Yeah, let's, we, yeah, well, we... I thought we started with the yeah. dirt. Yeah. We didn't quite say, we didn't start with Harvey Weinstein, but it was, it's like the flavor right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then now the term is Cosby and Weinstein. 
<laughs> have you been Weinstein? Have you been Cosby? <laughs> I've been Cosby. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, let's segue. Uh, it's a rough segue, but let's segue. <laughs> On that note. Yeah. Yes. I don't even know where to go from no, there. No, but it's been happening since the dawn of time. I mean, oh, look yeah. at Fatty Arbuckle, what he did. It's been going on. I mean, Hollywood's built on that behavior, really. The whole world is no. built on that behavior, especially young children. But Hollywood has the money and the power and the influence to kind of cover those things up Absolutely. for the most part. And that's like, I mean, we saw that. So do the Boy Scouts. So does the Catholic Church. So does mm-hmm. anywhere where there's people in a position of power with a child or a woman or a man. And they have the money and they're powerful. They can determine what's going to happen in your life. They, that It happens. Yeah. Well, I want to, because that's Let's a segue out of this. I'm trying to yeah. segue out of this. And I think that's. Let's go from uh, a, a sexual harassment to rats and uh, in dogs dog in, costumes. Dogs in rats. Dogs in costumes. Because yeah. well, well, this is all a theme with horror movies in general, though. Yeah. The the vulnerable woman, the mm-hmm. woman who's in uh, in danger. Yes, I mean, we always well, fall always down. Slut, We're running and we it's, fall. It's always the slut that goes first. Yeah. And then it's. I, I it's, never got cast as a slut. And I don't think you did either. I, I no, was a you, slut and happy birthday to me. I was implied to be sleeping with everybody. Oh, okay. yeah, and then and I was the first to go. But it's always like the woman that has the sex is the one that's going to get it. It's the fu- strong final. Then there's a final girl who kind of you know she's the strong one. The virtue. The virtue. Yeah. yeah. The virtue. And I, I've never been a well. I guess. Yeah. I'm, I guess you survive. I always. I You're always. I, I always survive. And but it, it is a question. Well, first of all, the happy birthday to me. I didn't survive. I got the axe in the head. But then it was going to get an X rating, so they took that out. Lisa, you and, and now I'm an catatonic. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm instead I'm catatonic at the end, yeah. and I'm not at the birthday party. And then it, it's a question about whether that was I a died great scene, though. <laughs> in class of 1984. It's a question because I'm still kind of talking, and I'd like to say I survive, but I normally survive. Like I normally mm-hmm. have this. You know, you always end up running and tripping and falling. That's what yes. happens. So this leading man can come and rescue you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's what we do, women. We're so vulnerable, not we trip strong. We fall we... over our feet. Yeah. Our heels. Yeah. When we're trying to get away. But yeah. Leslie, you put up a good fight in Happy Birthday to Me. Oh. I do. Yeah. Oh, hell yes. And yeah. I did. I think I did in curtains too. I mean, I, I, I go, Those don't go feet. down without a damn. Those yeah. feet for sure. <laughs> and I tried to trick him. Yeah. By you... Saying that I was like pretending to be dead or her. Mm-hmm. And by the way, weren't her legs nice? Yeah, they were nice. I legs. know nowadays, but when all you'd like see right up the skirt, and you'd ha- probably have <laughs> my right. my blouse open. That's to get right. a exactly. A, a you, yes, shot. you would. Yes, you would. You, you would have that. Yeah. Happened now. But for an '80s movie, though, both of you did all right. Like the hair wasn't that bad. The outfits weren't that no, bad. It was fun. We had those scarves. Yeah, that's true. The hair wasn't that bad, but that's because I had a great hairstylist. Yeah, who was but, actually it was still a big working. because it was J. Lee Thompson directing. Mm-hmm. You had a great crew. So oh, I thought we were talking about her hair and deadly eyes. Oh, and deadly eyes. Well, that too was Robert Klaus. So Robert Klaus. I mean, he's Bruce Lee. Enter man. the Dragon. I know. Yeah. yeah. You guys have had work. It's in- actually a really great film if you watch it. I, I hadn't watched it in years. I buried it in my resume because I thought eyes? I was an artist doing working with auteur <laughs> directors, which I had. Well, Robert but if Klaus you have it, pretty cool. But if you hadn't been to film school, they, they would think Claude Chabrol is a perfume. Yeah. And <laughs> so <laughs> I finally... <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing clothes, your bro. So anyway, what happened is, 
I went to see it at a screening a couple of years ago uh, that I was invited to in Los Angeles, and it was all these fans, and it was almost like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And really? I had such a good time. I what? thought, I'm going to embrace this now. Yes. yes. And then Leslie and I went to this autograph show that was for, I guess, a horror uh, convention uh, two years ago, and I had this one fan, and he goes, oh, and I have everything on VHS. <laughs> and I said, oh, VHS, the resolution is so bad, and they're oh. bad films. And he said, bad is rad. They love the 80s. Yeah, they do. We're 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 hot, Lisa. <laughs> See, I, I relate to the eighties being something else. I don't relate to them as these horror films. I, I remember everybody was doing cocaine on the on the sets. On the set and really? they were inviting you back to the camera truck. You know, here's I didn't some know line. About, I don't know anything people about were, this. People were wearing spoons around their necks to you know as a status symbol. Or you were in LA then, but that was it yeah. was it was everywhere. No, no, but I got on Happy Birthday TV really? to me, I got invited back to the camera truck. And really? there, it, you have one some Grand Marnage, you want some uh, Darn, cocaine. My grandmother was there. Exactly. <laughs> she was always invited. trying to ditch her grandmother. I was. She was. I, I remember I loved that. my grandmother. I loved her. She was amazing. We loved her too. I, I just, you know, I wanted to be with you guys. But you had two scenes, right? Because you, you died obviously in the first scene. Well, I die in the credits. And then your head shows up. <laughs> where is that head? I want to know where that head. Doesn't that Dunning have it? He had it. He's he dead bring it now. Out at, no, no. no but son, he's dead now. His son. Well. And he used to bring it out in Greg. Halloween. Greg Dunning. I want Greg Dunning. Greg. Um, so out of context no it is but it, oh yeah um <laughs> okay it's online radio it's, it's totally in context so no my head shows up in the in the middle and they i'm on a platter yeah that, as a taxi dermy kind of thing and then at the party at the end so yeah i got some i got good days of work on that and that was all of... <laughs> I got good days of work on that. Yeah. That's all about for a Canadian actor. Exactly. But it's you know, the, get, days, the difference man. also between Canada and the United States, you know, I didn't move to the States to become a star. Two things were going on for me. When we shot Deadly Eyes, it was the only... The boom hadn't happened yet, and it was also winter. It was the only film being shot in all of Canada. So very flattering that Leslie yeah. and I were cast. But I thought, well, let's face it, it's dogs dressed up as giant rats. Mm -hmm. And then in addition to that... Is that how they pitched it to you? Come make a movie with dogs. No, 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 not at all. We didn't even know they were going to be dogs. It was based on a book. It's based on a terrifying book, very well written. The other thing is, is that you will see that actors have to do everything in Canada and they don't mind. There's no shame about doing commercials while you're doing plays and everything else because actors up here, they get a buyout. And I have to say, from one guest starring part in Murder She Wrote, I've made more in residuals than I have in all my buyouts of all my Canadian films. You also get unemployment insurance in the United States. So, I realize why these actors can go so long without working. Mm -hmm. But up here, you have a buyout, and then that, it takes another five years, and by that to get any more money, or four years, depending on the contract. And then by that time, the people said, well, you know, we've gone bankrupt. In the old days, they didn't even have an assumption agreement where the producer who bought, or the company that brought, bought the rights to the film had to assume the obligations of the contract. Mm. So I, I would say the first 10 years of my career, I, you know, I, class mm. of 1984, I've never been paid for TV, VHS, CD. It's on Turner Classic Movies now. I know. Who, who would know? Who That's would think awesome. that class of 1984 would be? Hey, under, but I'm classic. not getting paid. It is a classic, though. It is. It, it, it has become one. But it, again, at the time, it was like it was like Deadly Eyes, so low budget, mm -hmm. so low budget. What do horror fans talk to you girls when they approach you? Like both of you are going to be at a horrorama, right? Yes, yep. What are some of the movies that horror, that horror fans would come up to you and talk to you about? Would well, they always want to know the turmoil of what went on on the set or in the curtains. 
Like, what happened? Like, why did it start out this way? And then it ended up that way. And what happened? And they always want to know the, the dirt. And, of course, they want to know if, if the actresses were fighting with each other. Well, uh, speaking of fighting, I'm, yeah. I'm going to say it right now out loud. Yeah. Glenn Ford, on Happy Birthday to Me, punched the first AD in the face. Oh. Just say it now. Why wasn't he all, got outed. all the fun things happened when I wasn't there? I wasn't there. I, he was in, <laughs> he was in the, in, I wasn't there that day. I heard about it. Wow. Because I happened to be going out with the camera operator. So you, were, you knew all of this. And dirt. I would hear all the dirt. And that was wow. one of them. And uh, so I finally called that guy the other day. And I said, so why did he punch you in the face? Mm. And what did you do? Did he tell you? And he said he called John Dunning. And because what had happened is. You're getting some dirt, man. Uh, this is interesting. <laughs> keep going, keep going, keep going. What had happened yeah, was, yeah. you know, on low budget, you don't, you can't go overtime, you know, you have to get permission, you can't do meal penalties. And the AD had been told no more meal penalties, none. So they were shooting, and this happens with actors. You get into a role, you, you mm-hmm. know, and you don't want to break for lunch because you're just about there. You're going to hit the sweet yeah. spot. And they broke for lunch. He had to. He couldn't, you know, he had to follow orders. So Glenn came back to, you know, the the ADs have their own little office and trailers, and he punched him in the face. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Why did you break for lunch? So there was, like, (laughs) cocaine punching ADs. There was, like, uh, this was a tumultuous set. It was. I I thought it was a fun set. It was a very fun set. There's nothing like those Montreal crews. No, there isn't. Yeah. I like working in Montreal. I do, too. And as Angie Dickinson used to say, when those grips... Bring those French fries. Oh. <laughs> All the actors, we, everybody has cr- crushes on the grips. Yeah, these yeah. great bodies from moving. Yeah, you know the dollies back. Of course, I went for the driver. I don't know. Don't ask me. <laughs> low self esteem. I, rem- <laughs> I remember because <laughs> the only one that would give me any attention. Where's that the driver now? Neil Allen Bibby. I have no idea. Oh, still remember the name <laughs> I too. Yeah, oh. I know he was cute. Neil yeah. Allen. Where are you? Calling out for Neil Allen. Oh, there you go, Bibby. <laughs> Where was no, your but grandmother? They all got told by they were like, "Hey, there's a, some you know, there's me actresses on this set, and they're all like, you know, yeah. you know." So tell the Lenore Zan story. Oh, I can't tell that on. This. Oh, that is, is hysterical. That, Come on, you started. It's one of the now. best oh stories God. I've ever heard. Well, it's just it's not happy brief. birthday I'm to sitting, me. I don't even. I don't know why you weren't there. You might have been in a scene. I don't know. You no. might have been off doing something. In no, a scene. was that the doctor's office? No, we, we had to be approved. We had to get our like. Get I cleared? have no clue. Okay. I was in. A, that's I was how I met Matt Craven. I was cr- carrying my urine. No, he sample. was there. Okay. He <laughs> why was were in you the carrying room? your urine? Sample? Because you you know, at a certain level, you, you, the insurance company oh. requires that you get a um, a, a, drug test? a a green light, <laughs> a green light for your health for insurance. Yeah. And so, I'll never forget this because I had a kind of. I thought there was there was kind of a flirtation going on between. Matt, and you. Matt Craven and me, but I, and that's I how we kind of met, Bloom. you know, who, 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 like, you know, we met and I was carrying my urine sample. It's <laughs> a very <laughs> no novel way, way of meeting a man. No yeah. better way to meet. Yeah. Well, he was in the room because I, I, we were sitting in the green room. It was like, I think it was, um, Lenore Zan, myself, uh, Jack, Matt Craven, no, uh, Jack, no, Jack wasn't in the room yet. Uh, I want to say maybe. Lenore's and me, uh, I don't know if Tracy Bregman was in there, but I think it was, and then Matt Craven, and I think maybe Richard Rebier, and in walks, in walks Jack Bloom, and he goes, hey man, where's the party? And Lenore turns to him, she goes, well, it's sharing up your ass, so you'd feel it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. It is, it's so funny. I was 16, right? And then yeah. she was like... And she just said in this sort of Marilyn Monroe way. Like, oh, yeah. Well, it's sure ain't up your ass. So you'd feel it. Like, <laughs> he just got a 
of looked her like, what? And everybody just burst out laughing. But there was a kind of fun kind of set that it was. I mean, they it all was. got along. Everybody got along. We all, I always talk about this when I'm interviewing. We all got it. It was a wonderful set. And when they talk about we wh- shot doing all re- nights. I know. There were nights. nights. But mm-hmm. when they talk about doing rem- a remake of this movie, I'm like, well, you know, guys, you better make sure the people that you cast in those roles have a rapport like what we had because we already we knew each other from the scene from the industry like auditions and stuff like that and and you know matt and jack came off of meatballs so they already had a rapport leslie i didn't know anyone i was living in yeah, hamilton you, <laughs> no but you we I, we knew each other from auditions and stuff yeah. and like we would see each other so we already had this kind of you know rapport with each yeah. other that that's what made it work i think that's what made that film work as a group of and also of, of lee people. thompson because he used to say stuff like uh, and i know this because i of my relationship with the camera operator but he used to say i'm going to shoot the master not that i'm going to use it but it gets everybody in the mood yeah he's right it's smart wow. very smart and the other thing yeah. he used to do which this is what i love about the great directors that i've worked with is they they let everybody do their own thing i mean mm-hmm. they said about john john houston and when they'd ask him what's your secret to making a great film he'd say i get a great script and i get great actors mm-hmm. and so they, what they have in common for me too is what they do is they watch the rehearsal and then they set up the camera mm-hmm. but then there's these other directors they want to look like so cool and everything and what they do is instead of <laughs> instead of watching really cool. watching the rehearsal and setting up the camera after they set up the camera and you have to fit in Manipulate your acting and your movement into the camera. In, into that camera setup and it's just not organic no it's not curtains hello, <laughs> hello manila <laughs> Did you just out someone? No. Um, I would never do that. Was that person a camera operator on some of my films? It might have been. <laughs> How did Happy Birthday to Me come to both your lives? Because, I mean, you, you'd already done a few films anyways, yeah. both both of you. So you'd kind of gotten started. And then were you kind of aware that it was going to be another horror film and then you're going to be following up with more horror? <laughs> it was just horror film after horror. I know. I, so what happened? I just done Funeral Home. And so they were looking for somebody to play this part of the first victim. I had just done funeral home. So they sent me in and I don't think I auditioned. I think maybe I auditioned twice for it. I no, don't he just know. meets he just you. Like like all the great directors, they meet you and they, goes, you yeah, and they don't yours. read you. Yeah. For for example, nowadays, that's the other thing is that they read you over and over yeah, and you over go in again. And they videotape it. Like you're going for they three can't make a decision. Now. They can't make a decision. Whereas these guys that, you know, the heavyweights, Do they, like you? Do they, they just yeah. meet you. They know, they know you can act. So they just want to see if you're right for the part. And if you're personable enough to take, you know, to, to be, you know, work with them for a certain amount of time. And that's really what it's all about. So but. I'm going to make a revelation now. I'm going to out oh. a story. So I was supposed to play opposite. I was supposed to do Tracy Brigman's role. Oh. I was oh. cast in that. And this is one another reason I moved to the States. Because yeah. event, eventually I, I would say, I would hear people say, well, why didn't you audition for the lead? And I want to say, because I, I'm Canadian. <laughs> and as soon as an American exactly. comes in, they think they're better actors. And so I, you know, I was supposed to do that part. And then Tracy arrived and she had, like everybody then, everybody was discovering their DNA, that they were actually Canadian somewhere along the line. I mean, with John Houston film, his, it turned out he qualified as a landed immigrant because well, his, dad, his, his dad, Walter, was at born Winchester. In he went to my public school, Winchester. Wow. Not the same year I did, but so you know. so Tracy <laughs> had Canadian parents or something mother. and because she was American. No, we love Tracy. We get along great with yeah, her but she, awesome. because she was American and she was on a soap opera series on network. She got the part. And my agent said because she came into our agency and got representation with with the head of the agency. My agent said, "Well, I knew she was trouble as soon as she walked in." So that was hard. That that would happen over and over. So you yeah, you finally leave. You know, and you also leave because in the tech shelter era, you, you say to yourself, 
would I have gotten this part if I weren't Canadian? Would, would, you know, if it were the big pool. And so you leave because of that, just for an esteem thing. That's what I, what I did anyways. Hmm. I just wanted, why did you leave? Because I, I was getting married. My ex-husband was American. So I thought, well, I, I've always loved New York. So I went, my career was in like, I was in a lull in my career. So I was kind of, I'm not doing a lot of film and television. Well, you get to that certain age where you, you don't know, fit 31. in as ingenue. You don't fit yeah. in as, as, as mom. If you don't look old enough to play mom, you don't fit in as ingenue. You don't, and, yeah. and Claire Walker said that to me one time. She goes, oh yeah, you're in that age group where you don't fit in as ingenue yeah. or as mom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I, you know, I had an agent say to me once, she said, look, you know, you're going to have to do one of two things. One of two things is going to happen to you. You're either going to play the game, which is like. Take your lose, clothes off, sleep with people. Take a, take a blonde your hair. Get really skinny. Yes, blonde is the other thing. Get really skinny and do that that part. Or Mm -hmm. you're just not going to work until you're like in your 40s and you can kind of grow into it like a Glenn Close. And I was just like, well, I'll wait for that to happen then. (laughs) (laughs) It's absolutely true because I I wanted to be a serious actor at one point. So I went brunette and I only got called in at that point for the best friend. Or the bad girls, the fat friend. I always got the fat friend part. Yeah. yeah, I don't figure unless he thinks that, and I've never perceived her as the no, fat that was, friend. I was the fat friend because they always used to tell we me had dark curly hair and I, I had straight blonde hair, and that's, that's what gets the lead. It's that's true. And uh, but I but I used to get always always get told by casting people, you have a leading lady's face on a character actor's body, and I'm like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> what? what is that? Like, I've seen some pretty skinny yeah. character actors. You know, because the, the character actors, I guess they don't wear spanks. I, I they didn't exist they didn't exist yeah. right but did it also having like because you both did some background with like modeling oh yeah um, no kind of I had no background in modeling because I, I, I didn't I, you I, win Miss Teen or yeah but that yeah. was totally it's so interesting you know that because Brian Lyon had turned to me and said I never knew that about you and I was on a show three times but the you totally, won Miss Teen. Yeah, sorry, but my stepbrother. Miss Teen and Hamilton, right? And that yeah, was first a- runner up Miss Teen Canada. And then I did, they sent me instead of her to this Miss Teen Age Intercontinental. Ten, intercontinental. Intercon- you can Hello, do it. Intercontinental. And I got second runner up and <laughs> Miss Photogenic. But anyway, oh, what I didn't happened know about Miss Photogenic. High five. Unanimous. Wow. That's pretty High cool. five for Miss Photogenic. That's pretty good. And All I'm right. going to out something else now. Because right. biggest disappointment in my life, realizing that things are not fair. So after this girl, like everybody thought I was going to win because this girl, like, you know, uh, messed up on her, on her, on, you know, on her and forgot her speech and everything. And so everybody thought I was going to win. And, and uh, I was just, I had such low self-esteem. I was happy that I gotten that far. And then they said that then it got down to myself and this woman from Ottawa and, and she won. So my mother is at the after party and the head judge says to her, Put Lisa in Miss, T- Miss Canada because we couldn't let her win. She was just too young. And usually people that are that young don't get that far. I was 14 and, and the girl oh. who won is 16, they can't get you out of school. And then I ran into Terry D- David Mulligan. Remember him? Yeah, mm-hmm. much Vancouver. It, it, yeah, in mm-hmm. the in the uh, hallway. And he said, keep it up, kid. You got everything, you know, that it takes. You're just too, too young. And then years later, I'm in L.A., and I'm at Clay Boris's house, and um, John Allen Cameron, who was also another judge, was there. And Clay Boris said to me afterwards that he had said, "See, you know that girl that was over your house? She actually won the the um, c- contest." But the head judge said, "We can't let anybody from Hamilton win." <laughs> and then Donna Switzer, who was also one of the judges, she asked me to. She started a pageant in Kitchener. My mother said, "Why are you asking Lisa to give away the crown?" And she said. 
because she won the contest. So that's at 14, that's when I realized that life isn't always fair. No, it's it's not. not honest yeah. and it's not fair. Yeah. It happens all the time. I mean, I, and I was in this film called Joy of Sex and I was at this chiropractor's office and when I went in, he said, the car, he said, you remember that guy who was in the waiting room? And I said, yeah. He said, the guy that came in before you? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, he's one of the producers on, ha- on Joy of Sex. And he told me that you were so much better than the lead that they buried you in editing. Oh. And I've heard that over and over. Like, for example, um, what's her name? Um, oh, she, she was with, um, Al Pacino. Um, Ellen Barkin? No, no, before that. Michelle Pfeiffer? No. Cole Miner's daughter, the oh, co-star? No, the co-star? Oh, Beverly oh, D'Angelo. Beverly D'Angelo. Oh, she yeah. was apparently so much better than Sissy Spacek in that movie that they buried her too. So apparently, you know, they groom stars and they protect their stars and so people get edited out. I'm the one that modeled. I did the Sears catalog. I started. Wow. Right Where out. is that? Do you have when pictures? I was a kid, I do. Not pic- on me. Because yeah. it's no, no longer. No, it is no longer. You should bring that to Horrorama to have people sign. I should. That's vintage. I know, but I don't know if I have like multiples. Of me and my Did underwear. Did you like modeling? In my underwear? And have, you know, at like nine, at like in grade six and have your fellow classmates going, look, Leslie's in oh, her that, underwear. Oh, like that's, that, no, <laughs> no, that's awful. No, that, <laughs> that's so shaming. That's sick. so shaming. Oh, it, yeah, it was terrible because you're a kid, right? You're in public school and then this kid would, you know, go, Leslie's in her underwear. And I'm like, yeah, but that's for a catalog. Thank God 12. there was no internet. Thank God there was no internet. I no, know. But it but, is, they, people do things that are shaming. Like I, I did this film called The Man Who Wasn't There. You know, I auditioned against um, Christy Brinkley and uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. So it was like mm-hmm. kind of this big kudos. I got the film opposite Steve Gutenberg. And it was like a, th- it was like Paramount's 3D film for the summer to battle against Universal's but 3D. And it's so embarrassing because I was told I was just going to be in silhouette. So I'm doing all this stuff with no clothes on. Uh-oh. And I'm thinking, well, this is a PG rating and this is Paramount. It's like, and they weren't allowing anybody on the set because they said, ooh, we have to eat. We're not even letting, I went up and talked to the producer. He said, no, we're not even letting entertainment tonight on the set. This is top secret. So I went home to my DP boyfriend and I said, you know, they told me it's this bright on the set because it's 3D and I have not in my clothes on. I'm supposed to be in silhouette. Were you naked? He said, Lisa. The way it looks on the set is the way it's going to look on film. I'm telling you, I still have people at high school reunions coming up to me, men saying, guys, saying, you know, I saw you in that film. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, boy. Oh, God. So embarrassing. And oh, it's Lord. on the internet. And that. that's, that's what I mean. It's Once it's on the internet, that's it. It's like for, it's like the worst essay of your life being posted on the internet. Yeah. I can. Oh, God. You know, you get yeah. letters from lifers in jail. <laughs> that's exciting. That is exciting. Yeah, yeah. That's why you're really glad that there's one address between you and the the lifer that it goes to your agent first, then to you. It's very. Yeah. It's kind of. It's very. Well, look at that girl that, that was on that show with Pam. Da- Rebecca Schaefer. Yeah, I mean, that was horrible. What happened to her? Very, yeah. very hor- horrible. Yes. And that's before Facebook and all that stuff. But does having that background, either like being misphotogenic or being. <laughs> Being in the Sears catalog <laughs> yeah. in your underwear, does that have? I never knew that about yeah, you. Know. Yeah, that was me. Does that have an impact on how you are perceived as well? Because, like you were saying, uh, Lisa, like when you change from br- blonde to brunette, you got ch- you got perceived differently. Mm-hmm. Like, does that already start? No, but even in the real world, you get perceived differently. Like, mm-hmm. I had no idea. Suddenly, men aren't pumping my gas. They don't offer to when pump in my when gas when you're brunette. Yeah. You don't have women saying to your men saying to you, you know, you're not at all what I thought you'd be like. And 
you know, people talk to you like you're intelligent. Like that's what I said to Lenore, Lenore Zan. I said, oh man, like you're an MP now. Like what's that like? And she said, it's so great. People talk to me like I'm intelligent. Mm. And then the other thing is, cause you're wearing this blonde and I, I had just been used to it being blonde. But when I got brunette, like when you walk into a restaurant or a venue, people don't turn to look at you. Like it's mm-hmm. amazing being blonde. It's just the character. I know it's, it's crazy. And then I, I only got yeah. brought in as the co-star after that. Which is actually maybe a blessing because you actually maybe get the part for acting as opposed to when you're blonde. It's, you know, what, you know, you're up against, they say, you know, Daryl Hannah and all mm-hmm. these people. So is it really about your acting at that point? Really? I don't know. I, I mean, no, I think that at, when you're the co starts purely about your acting. I guess. But not the lead. I don't know. Leslie, you did a whole bunch of horror movies, right? I did. So I know. it's like, damn. Are, you didn't we're, tell me that. What are they? I did. Like I, I, four. We're going to out you right no, now. I, 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 I couldn't four. get. I couldn't get. Lot? I couldn't get. Uh, I wanted to do the comedies. I wanted to be in Meatballs. You'd be so great in comedy. And that Porky's. I wanted to do those because that's what the, the two kind of movies they were making back then was comedies mm-hmm. or horror movies. And I always got the horror movies. I don't know. I've always got sent in for the horror well, movies. It's I got other horror movies. No, no. You're such and, a great screamer. I guess. And your eyes, when you make it that big. Leslie, <laughs> but she is my very eyes, funny. I can't believe you. My eyes can get big in a comedy. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> did you, you audition for meatballs? Did you audition? No, I did. I auditioned no, for meatballs. I, I come out of getting my wisdom teeth removed, okay. and I was all black and blue. But I went anyway. And Jack Blum, Blum. Blum. is it Bloom or Blum? I always called him Bloom. Okay. But I had a crush on him. So okay. <laughs> oh, you left the driver, eh? <laughs> I, I he know. likes the driver. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> so I went in, and I was like completely like Chip all mind. all yeah. And all bruised up, and um, I met with him, and it was I couldn't put it off any longer, and I didn't get the part. Sarah Torgov, I used to be up against her for everything, mm-hmm. and sometimes she'd get it, sometimes I'd get it. So we had this joke in my family because I didn't get it, saying that, well, you know, I didn't get that part, but uh, Vincent Price called and he wants you for a movie because I look so awful. Yeah. But were you even concerned about being like pigeonholed yes. or kind of typecast totally, as like the? I, I was totally, I, I wanted, I, you know, but they weren't casting Sophie's Choice up here. So, I mean, I was. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> concerned at all. You know, I just needed is, to make an income. I, I want, yeah, I wanted to work and it was a great training ground to learn how to do your craft. And it was, you're working with great, everybody great was doing Great directors. It. Great directors. Yeah. Everybody was making horror movies. Everybody. And it was like, okay, well then, all right, they can, I can learn from this. Nobody's going to see them. Mm-hmm. So, but I can work with these fantastic people and, and learn my craft at, at the same time. It's true. You learn your craft. You do. And, and, you, and why you learn your craft too is in those days there was no budget. So you would only do two takes and mm-hmm. the second one only being about the maybe there was a hair in the gate. Yeah. So when you go to the States and you see these big budget things and you know, you're not worried at all about being able to do it because we've been trained to do everything in two takes. Yeah. There's a, a friend yeah. of mine. He he did some work with the Canadian Army. This is kind of a weird tangent, but he did some work with the Canadian Army. And because our Canadian Army is so small, the, the dudes know how to do everything. They know how yeah. to fix the Jeep. They know how to do the guns. Is that and, right? Wow. Yeah. And whereas the American guys, they're just trained for like one, one thing. thing. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's how actors are here yeah. too. They they're know trained how to do, do everything. everything. Commercial. Like you said, and commercial. Well, they say when we go to auditions, what dif- differentiates us from the Americans is we're off book. Off book means we know it by heart. You memorize your lines yeah. when you go into an audition. You have to because you want to interact and Americans don't. Yeah, yeah that's just, what we're told anyway. Yeah, they just want to prepare almost for the scene or the couple of yeah. scenes that you're going to shoot that oh, day. Oh man, beyond that, I knew I was in trouble. I was on this other horror movie um, in Italy with um, called Transformations, which I did in 
God, like 1988. Mm. And it's it wasn't finished. And now it's just been released. And I'm thinking, how could it be released just when now? it's not been finished? Yes, this year. And it was with Rex Smith. And so, you know, you want to meet your leading man before you get on the set to kind of get a rapport. So we're bicycling around Italy, Rome. Mm-hmm. And there's the uh, Colosseum. And I'm saying this because that's the moment he said this. And he turned to me and he said, so have you read the script yet? I'm shooting the next day. <laughs> I'm like, um, really? <laughs> you yeah. know you're in trouble yeah. when. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just a job for him almost. It's kind of yeah. like what you were saying at the beginning where you just kind of wanted to keep working. Yeah, yeah, but but not to the point where I'm saying, have you read the script yet? That's true. That's valid. Yeah. yeah. I was a little yeah. bit more serious. Not a little bit. I was compl- like, serious, I, I did my best. It, because that's what a professional does. You show up and give your best no matter what. So speaking of giving your best, what's the secret to doing a good horror scream? Do it, Leslie. Lisa? Do it right now. Lisa? Uh, Lisa? Quiet on the set. Rolling. <laughs> I don't think I could. I don't have any Action. power. She's better just, than me. You know me. what it is? It, I'll tell special. you what it is. It's, it's like when, you're, when I was working and you know, I was on these sets and I was doing these movies, it's adrenaline. It's pure adrenaline. It's, she was experiencing the situation. It's pure adrenaline. I mean, you're just It's like, all from you're, all the trauma in her childhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, that actor, this, 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 you know, Ilya Kazan, yeah. Ilya Kazan, he says actors are born. There's this great scene in his documentary where he talks about Marlon Brando. You know, Marlon Brando, he could be a real tough guy, but he could be super vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And what is that about? So there's this clip of Marlon Brando on This Is Your Life. You're, you're probably too young to remember it. And maybe so was I until I saw this clip. And so Marlon Brando is there at his house and the host is showing, like Marlon Brando is showing him around the house. And then they they cut to um, him, the the host interviewing Marlon Brando's father with Marlon Brando. So he says to the father, so what do you think about the success of your son? Hmm. And Marlon Brando's sitting there. And the father says, well, first of all, I don't think very much of his acting. And you see Marlon Brando's face oh crumble in this pain. Oh, no. And then you think, oh, that's where Stella came yes, from. And that's where On the Water from comes from where he says, I could, I could have been, been a contender. contender. Yeah. And he says, actors are born. That's valid, yeah. And yeah. do you come from a dysfunctional family? Oh, good God, yes. And, and a kind of, I do, not kind of, I do too. So we were born. We're born actors. Yeah. Like, my favorite actor is Gary Oldman. I think he's amazing. Oh. And, I mean, he's had a troubled childhood as well. And I think that really, you, you, use, you use all of that. You use all of that, that Marlon Brando stuff. You use all of that to help create characters. Yeah, it also gave you a reference point too because I mean you were playing like kind of teens when mm-hmm. you were a teen, a teen. Yeah, right? I, I was. Fortunate. I wasn't. I was fortunate. I got to actually be a teen in a movie about a teen playing a teen. I was a teen. I yeah. was a teen. I was me. I was a teen. So, um, but most people are in their twenties. <laughs> no, I was never a, t- a teen. They were always in their t- they were always in their twenties playing that yeah. age. So, and it's it's um, really because of the the work laws, really. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, when you're underage, you can only I don't know I can't remember about it up here, but down in the states, you can only yeah, work four states. hours, and then you, they they also have to pay for a tutor on the yeah. set. Did you have a tutor on the set? No, I did not. She have had a, a grandmother. <laughs> I had a grandmother. Yeah, that's. I had a grandmother on the set. We know that. <laughs> Because you were trying to ditch her yeah, all the time. I know, I was. <laughs> but Leslie, this is yeah. your return also to Horrorama. It is. I, I came in on 2014, yeah. Um, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. So I'm excited to be back. And I'm excited to be back with Lisa. And, and this is your first one? This is my first autograph show in Canada. I've done Yay. one in the States. Yeah. Woohoo! So what can she expect? 
what did you get? Leslie's the one who said you got to call Chris Alexander, and I didn't. And he found out that I was in town, and he said, "Hey, are you here? Do you want to come?" But yeah, so what can I expect? What can you expect? I just no harassment, right? No harassment. Uh, Loads of fun. Lots of incredibly cool vendors. Lots of cool guests, yourself included, and just uh, (sighs) meeting the, the amazing fans that are there to. See you and meet you and take just, pictures with you and I just love the that. fans. That's that it's, it's because like the of them too. that I've embraced the horror movies. Oh, I, yeah. Like I said, I used to bury them. I, I wouldn't put it on my resume. Isn't it uh, kind of surprising? I think sometimes people misunderstand or don't fully under, uh, comprehend the fans, the horror yeah. fans. No, they don't. They're and the how warm they are because it's opposite of the actual like genre what you actually see on the screen. Well, they're, you think a bunch of crazy people are going to come in? That's and there what I'm are saying. those. Believe me, there are some of those that that do. But they're there. For the most part, there are they're they're incredibly intelligent and they really love horror and they know their shit. Yes, I mean, they, they do. Just no, like they've studied your movie. That's mm-hmm. right. More than you have. And they, that's they, right. You, know, you better be up to speed, buddy. Because that's if right. you don't. You're not on point with them <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> about certain things. You're like, whoa. I've been to Star Trek convention yeah. and other places. Right? And so like they do to, to research. Um, if, uh, what's it called? Comic-Con? Have you been there? I've never been. I haven't been. been to San Diego, but I've been to one in uh, New York City, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and Fan Expo here in Toronto. And oh, there's a Fan, oh, fan Expo in Toronto. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So that's our big, like, it's horror, sci-fi. Happened, video. Right? Yeah, I went to, yeah, I went the day before it happened to just walk around. And, and yeah, and that's actually where I met the horror room of people because they had a, a booth there. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's a nice like because it just covers the whole gamut of like nerdery, right? Nerdery, From- it really yes, does. I like but that. I, I felt bad. <laughs> like I, I felt bad. It almost felt like you know when I saw that one wall that was lined up with star to star to star, and people had to stand in these lines like they were at Disneyland. Mm. I thought, God, this is hard for both the star and for the fan. Yeah, I mean, I, it was I like don't a business. know. Like, it, it is, is a business. business. And let me tell you, a lot of these big stars, you pay a lot of money to go to these shows because, I mean, oh. these big stars are already like nothing below 80 bucks, man. Or, like, yeah, and, and like for the everyman, that's really hard. After they, they don't pay have a ticket to get in. Those and then people they aren't pay. making that kind of money. If you're making $15 an hour or $12 an hour mm-hmm. or the minimum wage, which is $9 an hour. They must have to save all year. Mm-hmm. It is. A, it and is. then they have to, like, you know, so that's just to get in, like Leslie said. And it's then just to get the in. And then to get actually pay for an autograph mm-hmm. where, now, you know, I, I know Linda Blair charges quite a bit, but at least her, her money goes to charity for animals. But still, it's a, it's a big chunk of change if you want to get a certain amount of autographs, but they're not starting at, they're only starting, they're starting at 80 or or 100. It also, it's crazy. It is, like you were saying, Lisa, like it is like people will save up and focus for the whole year. So right. they know like FanX what just happened and so they have now a full year to, to save, save every- up for that. Yes, but yeah. they also have, unless they live in Toronto, they have to pay for a place to stay. Yeah. And it also depends on the guests as well, right? right. So Linda are. Blair, obviously, that's a big one. That's yes. a Exorcist. That's yeah. a, you want, that's a big Not guest. Not only that, we did a show with, uh, what's her name, Dietz? Uh, Eileen Dietz. And yeah. she was the double. For yeah. all of she Linda Blair stuff, provocative stuff that Linda the hair do. spinning, the 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 shooting, the, the vomit out the, of the, the pea soup, and she has a huge following. Even though she's yeah. not even Linda Blair, she's the stunt double. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I have a friend of mine who goes to various conventions and things like that for horror things, and the various Jasons as well. Yeah, they've never been. They never put their face on screen. They right. don't have any dialogue. Yeah, but really? they have a They're huge, huge following from Friday yeah. Thirteenth. Yeah. And yeah. uh, people will line up and want to I remember talk. sitting at a convention next to me was Ari Lehman. He was the first one. The one that comes out of the water and grabs the uh, with Adrian what, King's neck. In what the, movie? The Friday the 13th. The first one. Mm-hmm. Where she's in the boat at the end and she's like, and then all of a sudden. the I've never seen it. Oh. Okay. Lisa, for shame. Okay. 
<laughs> you got some time because horror rama is <laughs> yeah, november four and five so you have a few days to kind of like brush up in. on your horror girl yeah it's halloween tomorrow so it's a full day of it right yeah <laughs> yeah that's right the other I, thing I, i've never seen mad max and vernon wells is coming to horror rama vernon wells and he was my leading man in a film and oh, i've oh. never <laughs> i'm outing this now i've never seen <laughs> mad max oh dear so you, you got a lot of work to do <laughs> <laughs> All right, you have a lot of work you to do, do before no Horama, and you only I'm have like a few up. days. It's November four and five, so I think yeah, we should Tuesday, like wrap Wednesday, this Thursday, up. Friday. Yeah, yeah, we should wrap this up because then get I her think, busy. Yeah, you I'm guys. Gonna, like, I, I got to get to the screening room. Yeah, yeah, you guys like should make some popcorn and like hang out and you do? chill and like. Wait, but I, I want to mention something. Quentin Tarantino oh. loves Bill Fruitt, and he had a double bill in Los Angeles in this triple triple bill of bill fruit in los angeles at an art house film house at his, at his that he place. bought yeah the, the new beverly oh that's a great cinema yeah. so they leslie do... did a q a yeah well, he kind of told me he was having it so what did what did, <laughs> uh, what did he screen funeral home mm-hmm. um blue monkey and house by the lake i think it was yeah house by the lake does happy birthday to me get a lot of love from americans or do they well it got a lot of love he screened it the following year with uh with cape fear Okay, because yeah. that's the same bill. director. Oh, yeah. Cape Fear, yeah. it's so much like the 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 you know, Scorsese's version was fantastic. But if you know, and if you hadn't seen the original, but I called up J. Lee Thompson after the yeah. Cape Fear as a Scorsese came out, and I said, I have to tell you, it's a great film. But man, your film was yeah. so good. But I understand. I worked with J. Lee Thompson without having seen any of his films. I didn't even know who the hell he was until like years later. People said, you know that he did Guns of Navarone and Cape Fear. And I'm like, he did he did what? That's how I was like, with what? Robert Klaus. I, I didn't know. I didn't know he'd done Enter the Dragon, so I never made the connection no, where like, he has like, this oh, film on the marquee in the, in, 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 the, in the actual <laughs> film. I, I just thought, oh yeah, I, I used to go to those movies, the drive-in with my boyfriend to see Enter the Dragon. That's what I thought the nod was about. I didn't know either. Yeah. I didn't. I had no clue. But you know that they're experienced jockeys in the saddle when you work with them. Okay, we got to end it there. I don't know. Really? Where else. Yeah. Well, experience oh come j- on! That's a good line. Experienced jockeys. Yeah. In the saddle. We're not good. I don't know how you top that. That's pretty hard to top. Well, that's why I always say to people, I I, I can tell as the horse where there is an experienced jockey when I'm in the audition room. Yeah. I wish we could get that little motion on camera too. (laughs) (laughs) Can you hear it? She's doing a, like she's on a horse. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Magic. (laughs) So both these charming ladies will be at Horrorama, Leslie and Lisa, and it's November 4 through 5 at 918 Bathurst Street. Uh, go check it out and uh, you guys will be hanging out and um, hopefully there'll be more Happy Birthday to Me dirt that you can yeah. kind of spell. You didn't spell all the secrets, right? There's no, more. we didn't. No, no, and you can bring your own stills and photographs right, and, and posters. Right, and there'll be a panel, right? I think on Sunday? On Sunday at noon. noon. All right. Us, well, we can maybe, if you ask the right question, we'll spill more dirt. Because, you, you know, it, like with the spirit of Me Too, we're all coming forward and we're saying it. It's all good. Thank you, ladies, for coming in Thank and hanging you. out. And this like, was fun. I didn't even know this was here. Right I didn't know this like, either. It's fantastic. Yeah, this is it's awesome. nice having some wine. It's like speakers' just, corner. It is. Yeah. All right. Well, you have to come back then. We will. Uh, just invite us. Yeah. That works. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>